Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and I'm excited this week to welcome back my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, uh, it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> I figure you'd have more to say than well, that. It's been I several mean, weeks since it's I've like, seen I it's, it's, I mean, Thanksgiving went well. Uh, Lily's back home. She's, you know, doing, you know, she's working at a firm right now, an yeah. architecture firm, so she's enjoying that. Uh, Ella just had her first dance, so she was nervous about that. But, you know, yeah. I told her if, if a boy tried to kiss her, just, just hit him in the gut. You know? <laughs> We're not ready for that yet. That's, so, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't think any father ever is ready <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah. But, man, it's good to have you back in here. I know it's been several weeks. You've got a lot of stuff going on. It's a busy time of year. Mm-hmm. I've been traveling and doing different things. And, and then, of course, you've got the situation with your mother-in-law and things yeah. like that that are keeping you closer to home right now. Uh, but, I mean, I'm, I'm just personally glad to have you back in here and to see you. I know people that listen to the show have been missing you being on here um, because they've said it. And, you know, we also had a couple of friends come in town that were able to – it was a gift that they were here because mm-hmm. you couldn't, you know, make it some of the weeks when we needed to record, like Damon. And then Father Malachi was here. And so we had a couple episodes with him that were really a gift. But, I mean, like I said before, there's nothing like being in here with you, dude. And I'm just so happy that – the day has come again, right. and hopefully we're going to get back to more of a regular schedule where we can both be in here and as we start the new year here in a few weeks. Well, good. Now you got to stop praising. You know, I mean, I'm just <laughs> an ordinary kind of friend that <laughs> yeah, said yes five years ago, so that's all I do. You don't get to tell me right. how I yeah. feel about right. you, all right? right. So okay. I enjoy being in here with you, man, and it's it's just there's a comfort level, and, and I think it's just it's something that – I mean, it's the reason people listen to the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't know all these famous people and guests and all that stuff in the beginning. It was just you and me talking and praying we didn't sound like morons, right? Right, that's <laughs> like, right. And, and still praying and hoping we don't sound like morons. But it's good to be here. There's just a natural vibe and the feel of the show that is from the beginning when you're here. And so I'm just mm-hmm. glad you're back today and glad to jump into the show we're going to be doing and – all of that. But at first, I just I want to give a shout-out to Father David and all the prisoners and guys there at Holy Family in South Deerfield, Massachusetts. We just got back from there. We had a wonderful mission uh, right there in the home of Yankee Candle, man. Like, I didn't know that, but there's a massive, like, Yankee Candle Christmas village that I got to go in for about three seconds before I headed to the airport. And it was just – it was everything like I, – I wish I could have been there for two days. But the lines are long and all that, mm-hmm. and I was afraid I was going to miss my plane. But it's just a beautiful town up there. Um, Father was amazing. We worked with him for like a year. Uh, He did everything that we asked him to do, which was to help us find leaders in the parish. They did. We had Zoom calls leading up to the event, and those guys did what they were asked to do. You know, we had a great mission. Men and women were there, and, and, uh, and, and it just was a very, very powerful weekend. And then we had 14 men show up for the leader portion of the training for the launching the men's group. So they did everything we asked them to do. They had a schedule ready for the following week uh, and for the following three months. So they were kicking off actually tonight, the day that the, hmm. this episode comes out. They're going to have their first fellowship meeting. And with 14 men in the leadership role, they're going to have a great group of all kind of men who aren't in the re- leadership role, right? right? If that's 14 trying to be leaders, it's going to be a nice large group. But more importantly, other than you know, outside of the numbers of people there, that's not the important thing. It's built on the right things, those four pillars. 
where men can can form together, worship together, serve together, and and, and fellowship together. And they were super excited. And, and again, I just want to say thank you to Father David and all those men that have stepped up. You know, I had guys come up to me that were having real issues in their life and and said I needed a place like this. One guy told me it was the first time he'd ever been in a church. You know, his his uncle brought him there. Yeah, and he's having some struggles in his life. So. I'm just going to be praying, and ho- people out there, please join me in, in praying for the men of that parish and that group up at Holy Family. Again, Father, thank you. Folks, if you want the same thing, if I mean, Father called me and basically said, I want something for men. We have nothing for our men. And we put a plan together, and we work the way that we do in the ministry. We help them with the structure and the leadership model, which is what we do. We don't come in there and say, here's a DVD set and enjoy it. We don't come in there and say, you're just a guy in the pew group. We help your men and your pastors find a way to build a place where they men can meet life-changing vibrant ministry to men build authentic relationships with one another and most importantly with Jesus and start to change not only their lives but the lives of their family their their parish and the culture around them that's what our church needs now is accompaniment so if that's what you're looking for yeah we're going to help you do that all you have to do is go to our website at justaguyinthepew.com there are links right there on the front page that talk about what we do and places to click to fill out a form to get in touch with us, right? This is how we want to spend our time and our life is going into parishes and building fruit that lasts like St. Paul and walking with parishes, putting boots on the ground there, not some distant relationship, but coming to you and helping you work from the beginning, from that first phone call all the way up to that mission and then afterwards, as long as you need us to make sure that that group is what it can be. You know, Victor, we experience it here in our own parish, and 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 it's just such a joy to get to do this all over the country. So if you're interested in that, again, go to our website, justagoutinthepew.com. You can fill out a link there. You can go to our events and book me page. There's several ways to see what we're doing to help men's ministry come alive and, and really exist in our parishes because there's so many where it doesn't. You can find out all that there. You can fill out the form, and we'll be happy to, t- to get on the phone with you, talk to you, figure out a plan for your parish, and then come help make sure that plan is put into action. So... Beyond that, I wanted to also uh, remind everybody of our pilgrimage to Italy. We have a few spots left. The thing is really filling up. It's going to be an amazing trip. I saw Father Joe today. He's super excited about it. Man, getting to go and visit sites of Eucharistic miracles, the year of the National Eucharistic Revival, where so many Catholics are going to be going to Indianapolis to celebrate this, is just an amazing gift. To be in the spot of these miracles just a few weeks before that National Eucharistic Congress is a gift. And there's so many wonderful people that are going with us. There's pilgrims that have traveled with us to Holy Land going. There's new friends. There's people here from Memphis. It's going to be an amazing trip. Angel's going to be there. I'm going to be there, Father Joe. So if you're considering doing something, especially, and I, I hate this, but especially since the Holy Land is 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 not open for, for pilgrimage right now, and you're looking for another place to go, then consider going to Italy with us and, and just going to, to the home of the church, right? The Vatican, all those things. And, and then just the miracles that are around there and all these amazing places like San Giovanni and all these sites where all these saints like Padre Pio and St. Francis and St. Clair and and you know St. Peter and St. Paul have walked and lived and breathed. We get to walk in the footsteps of those people. So if you're interested in joining us and going to Italy, then you can go to our website at justagotinthepew.com, go to our events and book me page, and right there in the middle of the page is a link you can click that'll take you right to where you can register and find out more information and join us. 
or you can go to our wonderful uh, travel partners website, select international travel. There's a little search bar at the top. You can type in my name. Once you do, it'll pull up our page and you can download the brochure, find out all the details, and then again, register there online. So I hope you'll consider joining us. We've got a few spots left. Uh, they will go quickly. So if you are considering it, make that jump to get registered and join us in June, uh, in the 3rd and the 14th of June of 2024, Exploring Italy. So, folks, thank you for listening to all that. Thank you to all the people out there that are donating and supporting. Uh, we talk about that often. I didn't today, but many of you gave to us on Giving Tuesday. That's awesome. It helps us continue to go out and do the things we want to do, including hire missionaries so we can meet the demand of our ministry right now. So thank you all. I appreciate everything you do, listening and choosing to, to listen to us and all those things. So, Victor, let's jump into the show. You know, Here we are, buddy, in the first week of Advent. Yeah, And it's funny, we've done enough shows now, we've been doing this, gosh, five years or whatever it's been, and I look back and, and we talk about Advent every year, and it's it, there's almost like a stress to try to figure out how to talk about it in a different way. What can we say this year? We didn't. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm just kind of looking at it going, what is the Lord really you know, pointing us to right now? Mm-hmm. And even if it's the same thing as before, who cares? People may not have listened to it before last year, and maybe new listeners out there or whatever. But I just, you know... As I was thinking about this show in the first week of Advent, I've had the blessing of Angela really wanting to get dialed in, and her women's group is using a book. Uh, I think it's called Preparing Your Hearts. It's uh, by Father Augustino Torres, which mm-hmm. is another CFR, brother of Father Malachi's and a friend uh, that I've met a few times. And it's wonderful. It's one of those reflections where you're going through week by week and day by day. And it, it's just Angela and her, her um, kindness to invite me into that with her really has drawn me into this place and focus on Advent. You know, there, there's a, there is a natural proclivity because of the weight of the culture to sort of start jumping into presents and gifts and Christmas trees and lights and Santa Claus and all that stuff. And while that's great, I love that. Like, we've watched a couple of Christmas movies already, and we went out and got our tree the day after Thanksgiving and all that stuff, and the decorating is fun. But there's a, if we're not careful, we can sleep on Advent. Right? We can kind of bypass the four weeks, and, and those four weeks of Advent become nothing but a mad rush to get all the presents and prepare the meals and the invitations and get the Christmas cards out and all of that. And we miss – we kind of look at Advent as like this entire Christmas season where as soon as Thanksgiving is over, we're just doing nothing but eyes on Christmas Day. And that's not really the truth of what Advent is or what the church intended for it to be. It's a place and a time for us to prepare our hearts. So – you know, Victor, I told you before we started, I used to feel bad, like, for Advent. Like, I mean, you know, because I was like, man, I feel bad because people were skipping over the season. But now I really feel bad for myself and others that oftentimes miss out on the gift of mm-hmm. what Advent is. And it's it's a reminder of what's truly important. Right. Well, you said preparing our hearts. So just, just imagine, you know, we're celebrating the birth of, of Christ. And just imagine how much the, the angels in, in heaven were preparing for his birth. Yeah. Like the most amazing thing is about to happen. The, the the greatest circumstantial of what God's love, act of love is to his to to us is sending him some down to us in a lowly form. And and a young woman who is so faithful and loving God said yes and in a place that is not grandiose. You know, what I mean yeah. it was just just the humble settings of it all. And like if you really look at it, you're so amazed that that he came down to change the world for us, 
to kind of really conquer sin and to eventually, you know, cast death into the the pit to where we are not driven by fear anymore. We're driven, you know, we're, we act in love. Sure. And that's his greatest act is saying, hey, you know, as everyone's prepared for me to come, as, as I prepared myself to be present, my father's prepared me to be down here for, you know, millenniums. You know, yeah. we don't know what time is in, in heaven, but like I said, there was an act set in, in motion that Jesus said, yes, I'll do this. Yeah. You know. That conformity to the Father's right. will, and that's right. that's something I've been reading a lot about lately, and we'll probably do another like deeper show just on that. Mm-hmm. But you're right; there is a conformity by Christ to the will of the Father, and it's a callback to what we need to be looking at too. Is you know we're supposed to be like Jesus; we're supposed to be the light of the earth, the salt of the uh, the salt, the light of the world, salt of the earth. You know, Jesus' hands and feet, and so whatever He did, we're supposed to do. And there is this conformity. I mean, in Christ and His whole life, you know, by saying yes and then humbling Himself to be born in the flesh as a young, vulnerable uh, mm-hmm. child that had to depend on human beings to raise Him, and He had to be obedient to, and all of those things. And then you see Him conforming His will in the Garden of the Gethsemane too, at the end of His life, mm-hmm. when Father, whatever You want is what's most important. And so it's a call and a harken back to us to what's important too is have we really conformed our will? Because that's that's what Advent is. Like you mentioned, you know, preparing our hearts, and we talked about that. You know, sometimes I can forget that. You know, sometimes people may not even really know what Advent is. We may have folks that are—I know it for a fact—we have people that aren't Catholic that listen to this, that are you know Protestants or non-denominational brothers and sisters that that may not even really have an understanding of what Advent is. So, you know, what the what the Church really tells us about Advent and and the season of Advent is that it's a time of preparation that directs our hearts and minds to Christ's second coming at the end of the time, at the end of time, but also to the anniversary of our Lord's birth on Christmas. But the thing is, like, we can look at all that and kind of get caught up in the, in like, well, it's about speculating then, right? Mm-hmm. It's about the second coming. So what we do and, and what's been done for years and years and years and all facets of the faith is speculating. Well, like, right. ooh, well, there's a war here. Yeah. And it says in Revelations, there's wars. And so is the coming now. And and the point is not not speculating so much as it is is as preparing, right? It, it's 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 really about um like being alert and ready, mm-hmm. you know, more than anything and not being weighted down and being distracted by the cares of the world. And and that's what can easily happen during the Advent sure. season, yeah. right? Because we, it's been busy. Like most of us are worn out. We've been busting our tails all year at work. And, you know, if you got a family, you're doing just running and going and going. And so many of us look to the holidays as a time to just relax. And we look for that last bit of vacation and those things. But Really, what we should be looking for is this opportunity to make to ask are our are our affairs in order. I mean, John Paul II talks about this too. He's he's got a great quote, you know, where he says the liturgy of Advent helps us to understand fully the value and the meaning of the mystery of Christmas. It's not just about commemorating the historical event which occurred some two thousand years ago in a little village in Judea. Judea. Instead, it is necessary to understand that the whole of our life must be an advent, a vigilant awaiting of the final coming of Christ, to predispose our mind to welcome the Lord who, as we say in the creed, one day will come to judge the living and the dead. We must learn to recognize him as present in the events of our daily life. Therefore, advent is, so to speak, an intense training that directs us decisively towards him who already came, who will come, and who comes continuously. 
And this is the reminder of Advent. It's like, it's not just about, okay, we got to get to the seas and all those things, but where am I? And more importantly, where is God mm-hmm. in my life each and every day? But unfortunately, Victor, I mean, we, we, I think that we think that we won't be here for that second coming, you know, like when you start talking about second comings and all those things, you start going, okay, well, like, I mean, when's that going to happen? I might be, I'll probably be dead. Right. Right. So therefore it's not something I should be concerned about. But the fact is, Victor, like the second coming of Christ is going to happen no matter what, whether you're here on earth and all the things that we hear about in revelation is going to happen while you're here. But it's most certainly going to happen when you die because you're immediately going to meet Christ. You're mm-hmm. going to come to Christ in that second coming of Christ. And at that point, are we prepared to meet him? And that's really not only as John Paul II says, St. John Paul II says, not a concern just for the season, but for the entirety of our life. Like, where am I in in preparation? If I were to die tomorrow, am I ready? Am I Have I done the things that have been asked of me by Christ? Am I in a position to be able to... to to answer that question, yes, that I'm ready for the second coming of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because many of us probably think that we are, but we don't take the time to dial into really looking, pulling the covers back and looking and see what's going on really in our lives. Well, you're you're talking about the human condition, which is in our minds, we're very arrogant. We we may not verbalize this, but but in our minds, we're like, you know, oh, well, you know, I don't need to talk to this guy or I don't need to help this person or I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to leave this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be around this person, Yeah, you know, cause they disagree with me, you know? So it, that's the danger when you start isolating yourself from the world around you, even though like it's, you know, we're, we're supposed to be our brother's keeper. Yeah. You know, even, even Cain, you know, Cain Abel had a disagree on that. Yeah, you know? Sure. So that's the been in set in motion for the world. You know, we're, we're very easily agitated by other people, but what you're saying is, is like, we need to kind of change that mindset that we're all here for a reason and a purpose Yeah, and, and to focus on helping each other and, but also to be aware that, that we just can't whittle, you know, spend our time away doing what we want to do all the time. Yeah, And we have to be focused not on, 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 on ourselves, but also kind of like, what can I do to make this place better? Mm-hmm. What can I do to help my children thrive, you know, in, in a healthy lifestyle and a healthy way of outlook of, of faith? You know, I mean, I mean, we're, we live in a society like I work in mental health. So, again, the stats I can't give you. But I know that a lot of kids from the age of 12 to 17 are dealing with anxiety. It's mm-hmm. like it's it probably has been around, but it's like more intently aware now. Um, where's that anxiety coming from? Where is it manifesting? You know, is it the fear of death or is it like the uh, what's going to happen to me? I don't understand. Or, or is it lack of like a grounding of faith? Yeah, it could be a combination of both, and I think when you have a, a generational skipping of, of a faithful uh, foundation of you know of being in the scripture, you have a lot of people who panic very easily. Sure, you know, and and this whole thing about second coming of Christ, it can be scary for people who don't understand it. Sure, but for those who are preparing themselves, who are trying to do the best they can, knowing that there's still you know fault within them, but but seeking love and, and acts of charity, we hope. That we are found worthy enough, right? And that's and that's the thing. Like we hear in Christmas songs like "Joy to the World" and things mm-hmm. like that, and and you look at it like, oh, the Savior has come, right? Joy to the world, the Savior reigns, and you look at that and you're joyful because okay, there's hope. But then we should also have that song in our mind as we think about the second coming, because this idea of living as a Christian is not some punishment or some slave or some taking you away from mm-hmm. from enjoyment and things in your life. It's really what should bring your life joy. 
is living in these places properly and preparing your hearts, right? And that's one place that God's taken me lately through being on that retreat I went on a few weeks ago and everything's like that. It's like, Lord, let me find you in everything. Right? Let me find you in the sufferings mm-hmm. and as well as the joys and and let me look at everything through the lens of your of your goodness and of your grace. And we find that joy in our life and preparing all of a sudden doesn't become some like, oh, downer, negative, like I'm thinking about death and all this stuff I don't want to think about. It's like, no, I'm coming to know the Lord in a new way. And the Lord is coming, the second coming into my life, mm-hmm. understanding this is who I'm supposed to be. I'm seeing who he is and it's informing who I'm supposed to be. And now all these places in my life where I haven't had joy, where I found myself barren, where I found myself without purpose, now I'm seeing that everything in my life has purpose. Right, because it's all centered around him. And we get so busy in the day to day that the church has given us a gift of a season that oftentimes, as I said in the beginning, we sleep through, we pass because we're we're waiting in in and anxious for the presents and the, the Christmas morning and the Santa Claus stuff mm-hmm. and all those things. And those are great and have their place, but none of it would matter if it wasn't for the birth of our Savior and more importantly for the second coming of Christ. So like the thing is, I just I don't want people this Advent. We're early enough into it on this first Tuesday that if you're in a place to where, you know, you're going well, like man, I don't even thought about Advent. I'm I'm thinking about Christmas list and you know who's cooking what and where we're going for Christmas and all that kind of stuff. Well, look, you could you could step off that merry-go-round and you could still get those things done. Those things that that we all know at the end of the day, no matter how much we worry about them, all those things are going to get done. The things are going to happen, you know, but. But to really take the season for what it is and a gift, a gift to really go, man, like there's someone who's died for me. The word was made flesh, right, and dwelt among us for me. And he wants me to dwell among him forever in and his father forever in heaven. Right. And this is an opportunity before we get into the the hubbub. Because I mean, think about it, like what a letdown it is at Christmas sometimes. Like you're like, Yeah, Christmas, 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 and then you open the presents and then it's like ten in the morning and all those things. You're like, Okay, now what? Mm-hmm. And then you start to look at January and you go, all right, it's like it's time to push that rock back up the hill again for another year. And you can very easily become depressed. And we hear about all the depression in the holidays and things. And it's because we we oftentimes, yes, people don't some people don't have people to celebrate with and all those things, but often like we're missing the point of what we're really doing. Right. We're putting the wrong attention on, on the incorrect things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're looking at things that are like fleeting and momentary things and like that's kind of what the world wants us to do so we can buy into their the 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 money and the market right. and all those things and the commerce end oh, of Christmas and all that don't stuff. Don't you get Alexis for Christmas every year? Yeah, that's I mean, right. Come on. <laughs> yeah, with well, a bow <laughs> out right. in the driveway, bow. right? It just, just shows up. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Or whatever latest toy and all that right. stuff. And it's not about that. It's because again, those things don't they'll bring you joy for a minute, right? Right. I mean, I I kind of laugh a little bit now because I know this is how I was and I see it in my kids. Like that, this had to have item for Christmas, and then they get it one way or another from Santa Claus or from mm-hmm. us, or parents or whatever, family members, and and then it's like, yeah, this is the greatest thing ever, and I finally got it. And two weeks later, it's in the corner of the room, mm-hmm. right? And it just really is when Christmas is that's all it is to you. Then it's really a a a metaphor for the rest of what life can be. Right is we're always chasing these other things, but what the Lord is right. calling us to in this season is for us to really remember what's important because there is going to come a day of judgment, whether it's when we die and we meet Christ face to face in our own life, and you know our our time is up, right. or if we're one of the ones that are here when the rapture and all those things happen and judgment and all those things happen, 
either way, that's going to come. And that's why when we see in Advent these readings that some people will be like, man, this is really kind of like dark and like, where's the joy of Christmas? And we read the readings wrong. Like, we're going to have, you know, Luke 21, 30 through, 34 through 36 in Advent. We do uh, every year. And it's be on guard so that your hearts are not weighted down with dissipation and drunkenness as the worry with the worries of this life. And the day that – so let me start over. I'm messing it up. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighted down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Right, because what you're when you're doing your worry, you're worried about yourself. Yeah, you, you you don't you block out the greater glory of what is being presented in front of you. Yeah, yeah. and it's like that's the thing. Don't let this catch you unexpectedly, right. and that's the gift of the church. It's not some scary warning sign to scare people into like you better love Jesus because if you don't, there'll be a price to pay. It's it's the reminder of a loving father and his son who's gone to great lengths to be with us forever, who loves us more than we can fathom, saying again, like, are you focused on the right things? Are you focused on me? Is your life in the right place as regards to, to being a Christian and bringing other people to me? Because if not, then you're always going to be in this place of just chasing your tail around and caught up in the worldly and earthly things. And then one day, this day is going to happen, whether it's your, your, your to you, untimely death, God has a plan for all of us, but to but to you it may be your untimely death, or the return of the Lord in the things that it talks about in Scripture, and and all of a sudden you've missed out because you've been distracted and looking at other things, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's so beautiful that Advent happens right there because it's a reminder of like don't get distracted by all the shiny lights and all those things. Remember first and foremost that there was someone that chose to to humble themselves and as you said to be to to be born into a feeding trough and into mm-hmm. very humble beginnings who would go on to give his life for you and that that life was not meant to be given to just be freely forgotten about but to be remembered so that we can live and be with him forever in heaven and so you know that's that's what I think we have to start really remembering in this season right now is like how we live our life every day matters, mm-hmm. and that we're not going to have this like we just I know we can all be guilty of just thinking that our death or 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 the coming of Christ can be way out there somewhere, but it could be as soon as right now it could be before I get this word out of my mouth right we don't know and so if we truly want to be in the places we want to be and and be with Jesus the one that we love then we've got to start preparing our lives right now. Mm-hmm. And Advent is just that, that opportunity to just to do that. So I want to talk a few ways uh, a few, about a few ways we can start to do this and and really remember that Advent is this gift to remember what's important in life. And you know, for me, first and foremost, start now. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you turn this podcast off, you know, pray to the Lord to help you properly enter into the Advent season. Like, Lord, I've been ignoring this, and I've been caught up in in present lists and and you know where we're going and travel and and food and invitations and Christmas cards and all that stuff. You could say right then and there, Lord, I'm sorry for putting something like that, all those things above you invite me lord at, like walk with me into this season and open mm-hmm. up my heart so that i can understand what you're trying to do and remind me of what's important that there is going to come a time where you're coming again in one of those two ways and i need to be prepared for it um seek the silence like right now is a very busy loud time of year i mean 
it's it's Christmas music blaring everywhere you go, and it has been since before Thanksgiving in grocery stores and all these things. It seems like every year it gets pushed mm-hmm. further and further back. I mean, we're going to be you know listening to Christmas music on the Fourth of July before long, right? And this is where the culture is trying to absorb us into the wrong reasons for the season, and. What we need to do is seek the silence and actively try to remove ourselves from the noise and the busyness of the season because it's in the quiet that we find God, right? I mean, I I feel it in my own ministry. It's like, oh my gosh, we're going to turn a year and we're booked up for this long, but I need to start getting out there and and getting more you know engagements booked and missions booked and group launches booked. And right now, it's just like the Lord is beautifully coming into my life and going, no, John, you need to like. You need to sit here, and I just finished my last engagement. Thank you to Holy Family and them again uh, last weekend. And now the Lord's like, you've got the weeks of this end of the year and even a few weeks into the beginning of the year to really sit down and focus on where are you in your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Not where are you with everybody else listening or for the, the engagements you're going to go to, but where are you for your family? Where are you in your relationship with the Lord? And if you died tomorrow, like, would you be ready? And, Victor, again, I think that's important, like, you know, if somebody told you next week, you know, you're going to die next Wednesday, you know, or whatever, pick a day next week. By next Friday, you're going to die. What would we be doing? We would be getting our affairs in order. Well, death is something none of us are going to escape. Right. Right. It's coming for us one time or another, at one time or another. And we never know when our time is going to be. So we need to have our affairs in order each and every day. And the Lord is inviting us in these four weeks of Advent, you know, to be able to just, where are you with me? And if you're not in the place where you want to be with God or you're not in the place where you've maybe you've stalled out in your faith and you've you've come to a place where you're in a rut, then maybe it's time to to sit down in the silence and, and ask God, like, where are you in all of this and where do I need to be? And invite him to come into that silence. It's so easy, like I said, to get into the noise and the bustle and the hustle and the, the rustle and all the other words that rhyme with this part of the year and the season. But really what we're focused on is it should be focused on is seeking that silence to really get our marching orders and to see where we need to go with the Lord in this season. You know, three, you know, I would invite him into the places uh, in that silence of where, you know, we're not ready for his return, mm-hmm. right? Those places we're struggling, those places we're hiding, the places we've been avoiding all year. We're grasping tightly to and not want to give up. Right. right. But, I mean, even some of the ones right. where we're not, where we're just like, I don't even want to go there. Yeah. I don't even want to look at that. Like, I don't have the bandwidth right now to, to deal with that that sort of thing in my life. To invite him in that silence and that prayer to go into those places, right, and to allow him to come there. His, his second come can, can be in those places where we're struggling. Right, So invite him to show him those places so that he can point and say, look, here's the place you need to be focused in this first week of Advent. Here's the place in the second week and the third week and the four week, fourth week. And here's where you need to be focused moving forward you know, through the rest of your life and continue to invite him into those places mm-hmm. to shine that light one footstep at a time in front of us. So you know, the fourth thing I would say is make time for repentance. Once you go in some of those places with him in that silence, he's going to show you places that you're probably not proud of, mm-hmm. the places that you kind of already know in the back of your mind that you're you're hoping to sweep under the rug and that Jesus might just kind of walk over it and not see that lump in the carpet that you've shoved everything under, right? This, this time where it's not as big of a penitential season as Lent is, it's still a time where we can look at these things and clear that clutter out of our hearts so that we can prepare the way and the openness of our hearts to receive our Lord. So just looking at that, like not only, Lord, what are, where's, where are the things that are keeping me from you and where's my focus in my life not on you but on something else, 
you can now take that and repent of those things and really clear that space in your life. And then, you know, five, seek his will and conform to it. Like you said, like it's a time to conform to his will. So that's what we need to do is just seek that out and to be able to say, Lord, what do you want from me? Like what, what, what are my marching orders? And then start to, to openly listen to those things, not only in the season of, of, of Advent, but beyond. I mean, that's the hope, man. Jesus is coming and we don't know when, and to sit there and worry about when it is is not what we need to be doing, right? It's not, it's not you know, you know, taking bets on when the second coming is mm-hmm. happening. It's when it does happen inevitably in my own death or in my life when I'm here, if I'm here to see it, am I ready? Mm-hmm. Am I prepared? Yes, we need to celebrate the, the birth of our Lord, like that first coming, and, and remember and celebrate that time where Jesus came for us and remember what a big deal that should be in our lives and that somebody – left the best of everything to come down here into this world for us. We need to re- to remember that and celebrate that on Christmas in the Christmas octave of Christmas beyond. But now we have a special time and an invitation by our Lord to remember to prepare ourselves beyond that, to get ready to be able to go to heaven with him. You know, that's that's really what we're called to do. So folks, like I you know, I, I'm, I'm at the point in my spiritual journey now sometimes where I'm like, I don't know if anything we're saying is making sense. All I know is the Lord told us to turn these mics on today, and we're in the Advent season, and I can't be the only one that, if I'm not careful, can miss out on the importance of this season. So I hope that during this episode and during this time, and Victor's thoughts and my own, that maybe this jogs something, that a realization that you're not living Advent properly, or if you are, good on you. You know, we can always go deeper. But, folks, the important part is – in December, it's not just all about gifts and presents and, and eggnog and all that stuff and parties. It's about remembering that there was someone that loved you who came not only once, but will come twice for you. And are we going to be ready on both of those opportunities at Christmas to remember what Christmas is really about? And then two, on the second coming of Christ, to remember that there's a Lord that, that, that hopes and is praying that we will be prepared and have done the things that he's asked us to do in our life, um, to not have run out of oil like the virgins at the door, but to have our lamps full and be prepared to go to heaven with the one who loves us the most. So folks, thank you for listening today. Victor, thank you for being here again today. I'm so excited just to have you here and to, to move into these further episodes and Advent and beyond together, brother. Um, folks, you can, if you enjoy the show, if you've enjoyed what we do, you can find more of it on any podcast platform out there or on YouTube. You can become a supporter by going to just a guy on the pew.com and click at support up there. But folks, I just hope as we move through this first week of Advent that you really take this show and take it to heart and and really start focusing on what's important. So, Victor, let's pray that we can all do that by taking this to the Father. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, Advent is a gift that many of us never unwrap. No, we sleep through it and miss out on, on an opportunity, an amazing opportunity, to further prepare our hearts for your return. This Advent, help us to remember what is important and give us the strength to resist the urge to busy ourselves with the noise and the agenda of the secular season. And Jesus, whenever we find ourselves taking our eyes off of you, remind us that there will come a day when it may be too late to refocus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.